guys, welcome back to Kindled. This is your host, Haley Williams. Today I have a very exciting episode with one of my favorite Instagram people, and that is Lauren DeMoss. Uh, she is a powerhouse of truth, and that is putting it lightly. So you have a real treat in today's episode. Uh, before I get into that, I just want to let you know about a couple little housekeeping items, and that is uh, one, if you have not left a review, I would greatly appreciate you doing that. It's very easy and quick to do that in the Apple Podcast app. That's just an easy and simple way for you to um, help this podcast get found by other uh, like-minded women who uh, perhaps need to be encouraged with some truth in these trying times. The next thing is if you are not following me on Instagram, I am most active over there at hayleywilliams.kindled. And I will tell you that if you try and search for me, you have to type the entire username because Instagram just does not love me for some of the things that I talk about and say. So I don't pop up unless you type the entire thing. H-A-L-E-Y Williams dot Kindled. Then I will show up. You can follow there. And last of all, if you have not joined us inside Patreon, you are missing out because every Friday I air extra episodes that are just me and the mic, 30 minutes or less. And those are some of my favorite episodes to record because they are off the cuff. They are usually recorded on Friday or on Thursday night. And so it is covering the week's news uh, in depth from a biblical worldview. And I seek to speak to those current events uh, as much as I can from um, scripture to encourage you Um, It's usually an overflow of whatever I'm talking on uh, or talking about on Instagram that week. So if you like the stuff I talk about in stories, I do that even more so inside Firestarters um, or on the Firestarters episodes every single Friday. So it's 10 bucks a month. You get four episodes a month every single Friday. Well, at least if there's five Fridays, you'll get five, but they're 30 minutes each. And so that is two hours of additional content every single month for 10 bucks a month. To learn more, you can visit patreon.com slash firestarters and join us today. Oh yeah. And one note, uh, you will notice that the audio, my audio at the beginning of this interview is a little bit different because my microphone was not fully plugged into the computer, but it only lasts for the first nine minutes. So for the first nine, it'll be a little bit beneath the quality you're used to, but then I realize it and plug it in and it's much better. So just hang tight for that. Okay. Here's my conversation with Lauren DeMoss. Lauren, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. So why don't you introduce yourself to listeners and tell them who you are and what you do? So I'm Lauren DeMoss Benson, actually. Um, My handle is Lauren DeMoss because it was before I got married. But um, uh, so I grew up in a Christian home and um, I've been been a Christian for a very long time. I got saved when I was seven and my dad is a pastor. And uh, so I grew up, you know, in Christianity. I was very blessed to learn under my dad. He is very, very smart, very, very, um, grounded, very godly. He knows his Bible. He taught us the Bible. He taught us how to read the whole Bible, study the whole Bible. Um, and I, and I definitely credit him for my good biblical foundation. Um, so I went to a Christian school. I went to a Christian college and I got out and I was teaching at, um, the Christian school 
and I was teaching junior high and um, I really wanted a ministry of my own to start to, you know, pour myself into. And I started blogging and that was um, in 2012, I started the fulltimegirl.com and I really thought it was just something for me or, you know, my friends, but it ended up being, you know, a lot bigger than that. And I was, I still am shocked and surprised about, you know, how many people would care to read what I had to say. Of course, it wasn't my, I did, it was nothing I owned. It was all God's truth. But um, then I got married and had kids and I took a little break. Mm -hmm. And uh, just this past year, I kind of started posting again on Instagram about politics and more Christianity. And here we are. Yeah, here we are. And you and I (laughs) um only really a few months ago I think I don't even remember exactly when yeah but, but in the last six months I think yeah um, and <laughs> I think that my friend our mutual friend Lacey sent me or posted one of your videos and I like went to your page and was watching a couple of your reels and I was like wait <laughs> is this girl is this girl a brunette me I was like <laughs> this is really weird. I feel like I could have made everything that you are making. And it was just so funny because there's just, there's not a lot of us. Let's just right. no, nope. nope. right. saying the things that we are saying and, and stepping out on, you know, on a ledge in the way that we are like every day. So yeah. it was really refreshing to see your content and just realize that there, there are other young women who are speaking up, speaking the truth in the face of um, so much deceit and so many lies that that culture is really peddling right now. Um, so thanks for that. Thanks for doing it. I know it's not easy. I know it's not easy. Um, you deal with a fair amount of hate on your page. Um, (laughs) as, as I, I feel like I, I do sometimes, but um, I did this really great thing where I limited my comments and that mm-hmm. was cut down on a bulk of the, the obnoxious, um, you know, reaction. Yeah, now they just come to my DMs, but yeah, that's fine. I just hit delete. Yeah. Yeah. It does wear on you, but you know what? We're fighting the good fight. Um, yeah. So we're going to talk a little bit about postmodernism and deconstruction. And, um, you know, these two things have, they dovetail a ton and they've been um, very pertinent in, um, the conversation in like the subculture of Christianity and, and people who are, you know, self-professing Christians are, are coming out and basically saying like, oh, I'm, I'm really not going to identify anymore as a Christian. I'm, I'm no longer a Christian, whether that be, you know, Josh Harris or, uh, Kevin Max or, you know, any number of Christian music artists, uh, Lisa Gunger. Um, oh my goodness. There's just, there's a lot of them. And, um, it's been very disheartening to see. And a lot of these people are, are people that I even grew up like listening to their music, loving what they did and, and kind of, you know, admiring them from afar as a young, you know, young Christian girl. Um, and so I think that this is a conversation that, you know, people our age, especially are really getting affected by And You and I are about the same age, in our, um, you know, mid thirties. Uh, but before we get into it, why don't we come up with and kind of lay down definitions for what postmodernism and deconstruction are? Could you help us with that? Yeah. So postmodernism is basically the abandonment of certainty 
and truth and embracing skepticism. In the 60s, 70s, 80s, there was this, you know, cultural sexual revolution that bucked against um, society's moralism, uh, moral standard. We, we know that to be the Bible. And they started saying, well, we reject these standards and we know um, we know better. And they were saying that we, we don't have to abide by these rules and we don't have to obey the moral code. And that was, that was modernism. Mm -hmm. But, and, and you know, that, that kind of started society's descent into chaos and madness. Um, and now we have uh, essentially what began in the 90s, I think, and it's coming to a head now and it's becoming more um, mainstream is postmodernism, meaning where before they rejected the moral standard, now they're saying that there is no moral standard and there is no such thing as truth. There are no moral absolutes. The Bible isn't reliable, so we have to come up with our own truth, your truth, my truth. Um, there is there is no truth, which is in and in itself... <laughs> you know, you have to assume that there is no truth is a truth. So it's just, it's just so hypocritical always. Um, but it's just everyone basically doing what's right in their own eyes and professing themselves to be wise. They're becoming fools because they're looking to themselves yeah. for truth. And we have nothing inside of us that is true or good. Yes, that's so good. I love how you just pointed out um, the difference there with the sexual revo revolution started out as a rejection of the standard, but postmodernism has continued that to not just rejecting it, but doing away with it entirely. And, right. you know, I just think about how else could that have ended? You know, I mean, we, we know that when you reject the truth of God's word, there's really nowhere for you to stop. Like once you push that stone down the hill, over the hill, it's not going to stop rolling. It's going to keep going. Something has to stop it. And that was that absolute standard that you did away with. And so there's really nowhere for, there's no reasonable place to end that deconstruction or that, de that, um, you know, uh, devolving or degrading away from the truth. There, there's nowhere for it to, to end. And, and that's what I think like we're looking around us today seeing, it is there. It is the, the pit is bottomless. Like right. there is really nowhere for people to stop with the depravity and the immorality. There's just absolutely no limit to it. Right. I agree because if God isn't right, who is, mm -hmm. we have to look elsewhere. <laughs> we have yeah. to look to ourselves and that's basically what deconstruction is. Yeah. Yeah. So let's unpack that a little bit more. Um, and, and talk to us about, you know, how we're seeing de deconstruction play out today. So personally, I think these deconstructionists are essentially the product of liberal Christianity, youth groups and churches that don't teach the Bible and they only glorify feelings. They were taught that the Bible is all about themselves. And in every story, they're the hero. Every promise is written to them. Every letter is written to them. And they were never taught who God is because they were too busy looking at themselves. It's this Jeremiah 29, 11, sloppy wet kiss generation who grew up, who realized they weren't going to become Christian movie stars or professional baseball players. And now they're mad and they're looking at God thinking, you know, you promised me all these things. You promised, you promised that, you know, I would have every desire of my heart. 
mm-hmm. you promised that um, you had wonderful plans for my life. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I named it and claimed it. Mm-hmm. And now look where I am. Stuck in a job I hate, you know, with no kids or no family, single, who knows, who knows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's not what they, what they planned. And I, I really don't think it's fundamental evangelicals who were taught the gospel, who were taught the Bible, um, because if they were, they wouldn't need to de- deconstruct. Mm-hmm. They would know where to look for answers. Yeah. So I think they're, they're bucking against this Christianity that they think is biblical Christianity Mm -hmm. because that's what they grew up with. And they think it's historical Christianity because, because, because that's what they were always told. That's all they know, but it's not, it's not right. It's so far from the truth. And if they were taught the Bible as a whole and taught to study the Bible, then they would know if they picked it up for themselves, then they would know, but they twist and they contort everything. Mm -hmm. And they move it around to make it palatable to them and their sin. And what they're left with is not the God of the Bible. It's not the God of the gospel. It's, it's themselves. It's a God of their own making. And it's the lie of Satan. That God has left them wanting. The God of their own making has, has disappointed them because how, how could he not? How could we know that we would, we would disappoint ourselves as many gods because we make terrible, we make terrible gods. We make absolutely terrible, uh, uh, people to worship, you know, but when, when we set ourselves up as the center of the story and everything that we read in the Bible, like you said, and we create, um, you know, this visual of what we think, uh, we are guaranteed or promised, um, we're, we're obviously set up there to fail and to be very disillusioned and, and to, you know, just to, to clarify, I think that what we're saying is that, okay, so if they were taught a false God, they do need to deconstruct that false, that false God in their mind. They need to, they need to throw that out. They need to, I guess I would actually argue they don't need to deconstruct it. They need to turn and repent. repent and turn from their sin, from the sin of idolatry of creating their own God in their own image and turn to the true God. And so maybe that's the, you know, not to steal thunder from the rest of our conversation, but, but I've thought about that, like the the deconstruction, uh, uh, what that kind of implies is that you're just going to brick by brick, tear the building down and, and, and what would make you stop? How do you know when you've arrived at the right building? If you just start tearing something down, how about you turn away from the building that clearly is built on sand and turn to the one that's built on the rock? Like that's maybe in my opinion, one of the biggest problems with this idea of deconstruction is that you can just tear things away until you get something right. When that's not the language the Bible uses with us, you know, would you agree? Yes. Yeah. I think the problem is that they started with, they started with the lie of Satan. Did God really say, Mm -hmm. did God really say, but that wasn't really the lie, right? It was just the question that led to the lie. The lie was that you can be your own God. You can be like God. Yeah. So (laughs) I think that's what it all boils down to is people not, not even just making a God or, you know, worshiping this God that they like, it's making themselves their own God. Mm -hmm. They are, they are their, they are their own God. 
And so now, you know, they're not even pretending anymore. At least they're being honest about who they are. And it's not Christian. It's, Mm -hmm. it's a pagan religion or even atheism, but it's not Christianity. I want to take a second to introduce you to one of my sponsors, and that is my friend Lacey Baumiller with The 5-Minute Meal. Lacey teaches women that long-term weight loss is a byproduct of healthy, sustainable habits, not short-term fad diets. If you follow me on Insta, you've likely seen that I've been on my own health journey to create more sustainable and healthy habits, so I could not agree with Lacey more. Her five-minute meal will teach you a simple weekly meal planning system that will simplify mealtime, save you from the overwhelm of wondering what to make for dinner every night, and help you prepare nutritious meals that will move the needle on your health goals and your entire family will love. To download the five-minute meal plan with recipes, shopping lists, and a step-by-step process to make it all happen, just scroll down in the show notes of this episode and click the link to go to Lacey's website. It's completely free. And bonus, anyone who downloads will get a 15-minute pantry audit where Lacey will teach you how to stock your pantry to make this process effortless. Just simply scroll down on the show notes of this episode to click the link and download your five-minute meal plan today. What, in what ways are you seeing um, postmodernism work itself into um, maybe pop Christianity or, you know, messages that you see people putting out there, whether it be on Instagram or in books or podcasts, like um, how are we practically seeing that worked out? Because, um, you know, we kind of talked about what the definition is of rejection of the standard and then the, not just rejection, but actually, um, uh, you know, saying there are no standards, no standards even exist, which obviously is a logical fallacy because that is a standard in and of itself. But right. and what, where are you seeing that kind of um, distort truth? Uh, for the most part, I see it in arguments people present to me, and mm. I, I. I'm a mom. I don't, I don't pay attention to pop culture. I don't, I don't follow a lot of celebrities. I don't, so I don't know. I don't know, Mm -hmm. but I see it in people who come to argue with me about things that I say are certain and true about the Bible. Um, I, I've seen a lot, the phrase, well, we all have our own interpretation of the Bible. Hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, there are some things that are debated about mm-hmm. the Bible and, di- you know, different, uh, different p- Christians, they hold to different doctrines about certain, certain things, but as a whole, mm. the Bible is, is v- pretty clear and simple. It's not the Da Vinci code. Yeah. You know, you, you don't have to be very smart to understand the Bible. Mm-hmm. It does take work. It does take study. I, I'm not the most brilliant theologian, but if you know where to go, where to find answers, if you mm-hmm. ask the Holy Spirit to help you, if you read, you know, th- thoughtfully and in the spirit, he, I mean, you're going to understand the Bible and there are certain truths about the Bible <laughs> that are not open to interpretation. Mm-hmm. This is this, that is postmodernism. That that is, we all have our own interpretation. Yeah. Yes. And this, I feel like this is saying this, and I feel like this is like, 
that's not the way the Bible works. The Bible is certain. The God is not, uh, he, there's nothing, you know, mealy in his mouth. He is, he, like, thank God, he's just, uh, he's clear and he's simple and he lays it out. This is, this is not a mystery. It's not, it's not, it's not something convoluted. that God, right, right. He's do you think very that, clear. Do you think that the people who say that to you are, I mean, I don't know what kind of, whether you've had in-depth conversations with any of them, but do you find that that argument is usually being made by someone who is not a Christian, who wants to align themselves with the Bible for some reason, or just by a Christian that perhaps doesn't understand and maybe is just lacks discernment or lacks wisdom. And it may be a baby Christian or both all of the above. It may be, it, it could very well be all of the above, but I, I, I feel like it's just people who listen to what other people say. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they've heard that mm-hmm. or they've heard some, you know, postmodern Christian view author, of the Bible yeah. or, yeah. or Christianity and they're just parroting or, or maybe they have studied the Bible and they don't like it. <laughs> and so they want to reinterpret it in their own way. And yeah, they like some of it, but not it all of it. Right. So they, they right. want to take like the Jesus as a teacher. He's a great moral example, but you know, he's not Lord. Right. Um, which I can't remember who was on my podcast that said this. I think it was, um, Dr. Michael Kruger. Yeah. I did an episode with him on the 10 commandments of progressive Christianity. And he was like, you know, they say like they, they progressive Christians say, which that's maybe not exactly who we're talking about, but this is something that progressive Christians say is uh, they love Jesus as a moral teacher, but they don't want him as Lord. And he's like, if he's not Lord, why do you care what he says? Like if Jesus isn't Lord, why do you even care what his moral example is? It's he's just another guy, you know? And then if there's no standard, then what makes his way of loving others or loving your neighbor or, you know, um, if, if someone asks for your cloak, give him, give him your, or ask for your shoes, give him your shirt too. Or, you know, if someone asks you to walk a mile, walk two with them, like what is any, what is good about that? If there's no standard, like it doesn't make sense, but these people would say, well, I just think like we need to love other people and blah, 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 but there's no standard, you know? Like, so how does that work? You know? And also why do you care what Jesus said? If he's not Lord, if he isn't King, then, then who cares what he said? You know? Right. It just makes no sense that, um, I don't know. And I, I think some of it might be people like the, the, the people that we're talking about who have deconstructed from Christianity, who were raised, uh, with a very false understanding of it and just are trying to cling to whatever they can of Christianity, because it maybe is a label that feels safe to them, but they're really struggling and battling against the reality of what that means is like, God is in charge and his word right. is final and his, what he says is true. Um, I don't know. Sometimes I just wish people who didn't like what the Bible said would stop calling themselves Christians, but right. Be honest. It's not that easy. Is it right? Right. It seems like there's a lot of people out there who refuse to let go of that label or, or they're now saying progressive, but they mean it in a positive way. Like, yeah, which is odd. Cause I, I see that. And I'm like, eh, you know, I, I care nothing about what you say, but they, but they view that as, as positive, like as though progression in technology, you know, is always a good thing. So progressing in our faith or our understanding of what the Bible is, is always a good thing. Right. Um, 
as if we have something now that we didn't have yeah. in Bible times in the Old Testament, as if yeah. the Old Testament is regressive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it is just like you said that Romans one, like professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And, you know, there's some of the most learned, well-educated people with many more degrees than I will ever have who are absolute fools because yes. they think themselves very wise. And, you know, like you were saying, the Bible is really simple. And, and the beautiful thing is that it is, it's like, have you heard it said, like it is shallow enough for a child to wade into, but deep enough for an elephant to swim. And, and it is, it is shallow enough for us to, you know, desire the pure milk of the word, but it's also rich enough and deep enough and mysterious enough that we could study it our whole lives and never truly comprehend all that it has, all of its riches and all of the wisdom that is in its pages because it is God's very word. And so, um, yeah, I, I just think it is, it is incredibly sad to witness that and, and, and more angering for me to watch how many people fall for those arguments and fall for that, um, you know, just devaluing of what, what it really is. Cause, uh, a lot of times I will hear someone just say like, the Bible is not really the inspired word of God. It's just a book written by men. Like I'm yeah. sure you've heard that. Yeah. Which is basically like discredit the whole thing then just throw it out. Right. Why, why do we care? If it's a bunch of lies, then why even listen to it? Right. Why are we even talking about it? Like, let's argue about, you know, Let's argue about like J.R. Tolkien or C.S. Lewis or um, Ayn Rand. Like, wh- who? Why are we talking about the Bible? You know? Yeah. Like, it just it doesn't really make sense. Like, and and that's where I think that they give away, <laughs> they give away that you know what's that verse that it says like the law of God um, for everyone is without, without excuse because the law of God is written on their hearts right. and and creation um, displays His handiwork so that men are without excuse. I think that like that is why people have so many, that's why people come to you and they argue and they, and they want a war with you because somewhere in their minds, they know that this is true, but they hate it and they hate Mm -hmm. God and, and they want to discredit it. You know, they want to somehow unhinge themselves from being accountable and responsible for their actions based on what it says. What do you believe is like one of the reasons, or if you have several reasons for what it seems like is just um, an ex- exponential increase in false doctrines infiltrating the church and, um, you know, what, what Christians are believing. So I think uh, postmodernism. Hmm. I mean, everyone has their own truth. And if they decide truth for themselves, I mean, how many millions of people call themselves Christians? And we all get to make up our own truth. So we're going to have a lot of false teachings and false Mm -hmm. doctrines and, you know, people on Instagram spouting off what they feel like this verse means and what Mm -hmm. they feel like this verse means. And I think, I think postmodernism is one of the, is probably the biggest threat to the church today, followed by critical theory. And I think we've been really blindsided by this, um, We've been uh, blindsided by like the redefining of terms, the terms of our faith and the whole religion of Christianity, basically changing the truth of God into a lie. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think a lot of people don't know how to argue these, these points because they don't understand that the the terms have been redefined. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of people say that critical theory is a tool and I, I agree. 
it's a tool of postmodernism because any line or any boundary or any moral principle they don't like, they can go in and say, you know, that's racist, whack, whack, whack. Mm-hmm. That's that's inequality, whack, whack, whack. And I love um, how Virgil Walker put it. He said, you don't come to the church looking for equality. That's not the place you come because mm-hmm. the church is the place of absolute inequality. Yeah. Thank God we don't get what we deserve in God's house. Mm-hmm. We get what he gives and that's the ultimate inequality. Yeah. Yeah. I um, love that episode too. Yes. It was amazing. It was amazing. I think it's one of the greatest threats though, because we don't know how to argue against it because we don't know the Bible. Yep. We were never taught the Bible. People don't read the, the Bible for themselves. Mm-hmm. They don't go to church. <clears throat> they don't understand the gospel. Mm-hmm. Like you said, um, they don't understand real historical biblical Christianity and liberal Christianity has done nothing to prepare us for this debate. They don't even know the basics of Christianity and you and I are proof of that Yeah, because I feel like I say the, the simplest things and it goes viral. I'm like, this is not hard. This is not, this is, these things are not new. It's all in the Bible. It's all in the Bible. This is not, these are basics of Christianity, but people don't know. And people eat it up because they don't read their Bible for themselves. They don't study the Bible for themselves. They don't, um, they don't go to church. And when they do, it's this watered down, live your best life nonsense. So they don't have a good foundation to Mm -hmm. argue against these things and recognize them. Yeah. You're they're They're going to church to consume a a sermon about the movies, about a certain movie. And it's like, right. Well, that certainly isn't going to equip you. You know, I mean, it's going to entertain you, but church has become this place of just being entertained and consumption and American, Americanized Christianity, where we are, we are asking what's in it for me. Will my kid get a rock wall or an iPad when I drop them off? And if not, I'm not interested. You know, Mm -hmm. they're not going to like that. That's boring. They don't want to go. It's Sunday morning. You know, that's our, that's our family. That's our day to sleep in. You know, I mean, there's all these things. There's so many good excuses of why you know, people don't go to church or don't go to biblical churches. Um, but you know, ironically, uh, you know, just a, a, a small side story is, um, you know, I've, I've quite a few friends who go to, uh, life.church Craig Groeschel's, um, church and, and mm-hmm. recently left, uh, their local campus of that church and tried our church. And, you know, I was, I was kind of like, okay, like, I hope they're really going to like it. You know, I, I don't know, like, it's going to be totally like a bit of a culture shock for them because it's, I knew it was going to be very different. Like it's, it's not a big, it's not a rock concert, you know, it's church. Right. Like we're, I mean, the music's great and the preaching it's is not solid, about us. But, right. It's not about us, it's not about being entertained or whatever. And so, um, but I, I was actually really just surprised because one of my friends said that her son um, five-year-old son after coming to our church and going to our, um, kids ministry on Sunday morning was begging her to come back to that church, back to the church that I attend and was just like, mom, I don't want to go back to our old church. I want to go to this new church. Hmm. And she was like, why do you want to go buddy? And he was just like, I love it. Like I learned so much. Like the people are so nice. Like, you know, he was just, he was just like, finally felt seen maybe as a child and wasn't just being handed a screen and told to go have fun and go be entertained. Like he was actually being poured into and loved 
and the gospel was being preached to him. And that's good news for anybody, whether you're five or 55. And I think that there is something truly, um, you know, something that we, we, we can't even explain when we hear the truth and we are believers that is so incredibly refreshing and drawing. And it is really the spirit of God drawing us to him because it's nothing we can do. But, um, I was just so like, I, I guess amazed that like even a, a five or six year old kid who, who should want to be in, entertained by screens right. or should enjoy the rock wall more than the, the regular kids ministry where they just do worship in a lesson. Um, he was actually like, I want to go back to that, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, how many, how many adults need to have that, that realization? Like I right. want to go to a church that is going to feed me and teach me and equip me and encourage me and build me up and, and help me mature into the full stature of Christ and not just leave me a little baby Christian drinking my little bottle of milk. Right. And- With vain platitudes yeah. and cherry picked verses that don't even mean what they say they mean. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I, it's just, it's, you know, it's heartbreaking how many people are are stuck in those places that don't even realize there's anything else to be desired. You know, they've never heard, a, they've never heard uh, the, the Bible preached expositionally book by book, verse by by verse in context to understand like, Hey, this letter was being written by Paul to the church at Corinth when this was going on. And there was the, the was this conflict in the church and look how relevant the, to the, this is to us today, but look, it wasn't written to us. It's written to right. them. And this, here's what it shows us about God <laughs> and all these things like that. You know, I, I probably, maybe I, maybe that was being said in the church I, I grew up in, but but I feel like I, I didn't walk away with a very strong understanding of that. And, um, but it changes everything about how you understand the Bible and, you know, what it means for us today. I want to tell you about the next sponsor of today's episode. And that is one of my favorite online boutiques. Well, they're online to me because I'm only because I'm not in California, but they have a physical shop too. And that is Plum Penny Boutique. Plum Penny specializes in women's clothing and accessories, and they believe that looking and feeling great should feel effortless. With that in mind, you're going to find carefully graded finds for the everyday gal. From heading to the office to PTA meetings or grabbing coffee with your besties, they have something for you. Shop via their website or my favorite, watch their weekly live sales on their Facebook business page. Or if you are in California, swing by their store in Bria. As a Kindled listener, the owners, Sammy and Jess, are offering you 20% off your first purchase. Just head to their website, plumpennyboutique.com, and use the code KINDLED at checkout. That's plumpennyboutique.com. Use the code KINDLED for 20% off your first purchase. Yeah, and I really struggle with whose fault is it? You know, because everyone has a Bible. And if you're a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit to help you understand the Bible. And there are so many resources out there. So, I mean, I, I, I mean, you're right. The church should be equipping people. The leadership is failing, but also everyone is responsible for their own selves. We all, we all have access to God. We all have the same information, the same access to God that everybody has. Right. Right. So I think. I think it, I mean, it lies on both the leadership and the individual. I think these, I think the saddest part to me is, uh, people who 
want to know about Christianity and they want to learn about Christianity and then they pick up one of these books by somebody who don't doesn't even know what they're talking about yeah and it's just it's unhelpful unpowerful it's all about themselves it's you know mantras for your morning and nothing else and it still leaves them dead in their sins yeah and so they walk away and think Christianity's not for me and they they never even tasted it yeah I think that's the saddest part to me Mm mm-hmm Yeah. And another thing that I think, um, you know, we're seeing is like this Insta theology that you mentioned, like what's become really popular is, um, accounts that profess to be Christians taking, whether it be a verse and basically like defining and expositing what that verse means. Oh, only problem is they're literally expositing it heretically and teaching heresy half the time when they say, you know, this doesn't really mean that God hates homosexuality and, and LGBTQ can't be affirmed by the church. The reason this says this is because it's talking about monogamous relationships or whatever. And I will see people do this on this little short, you know, um, 30 second reel in like a little cute way with music. And, and it's like, that is spreading like wildfire and people are watching that and going, Oh, I didn't know that. And they don't know that like this person doesn't necessarily have even isn't even necessarily a Christian and they're and you're getting theology from them. And that's, right. you know, real Christians are listening to that and are coming across that because it's being shown to them in the algorithm because it serves the agenda and it's, it, it's non-offensive Christianity, which means it's not biblical Christianity. And they're, you know, they're hearing it and they're following these teachers and um, personalities really just even on, on Instagram, not even, I wouldn't even say they're teachers, they're just following these personalities and listening right. to them like they are, that's their Bible study. And that's probably the yeah. only theology they'll get that day is that little 30 second clip on Instagram. And they're like, yeah, that's so good. You know? Yeah. Oh my like, what? I'm, I'm sure you get this too, but like people will ask me, people will ask me questions, biblical questions. Like, I want to know more about that. Will you, will you make a post about that? Yeah. Do you not have a Bible? Yeah. Are you not an adult? Mm-hmm. You have a Bible. If you, praise God, you want to know more about that. Go, go open your Bible. Yeah. This is a great opportunity for you to know more about this. Mm-hmm. What? Don't I'm listen not your to Holy me. Spirit. Yeah. I, I, don't listen to me. Yeah. Go to your Bible. I, I mean, I'm going to try to be true to the Bible in everything I do, but if you want to learn more, you know where to find it. Mm-hmm. you don't except look to they, a, except another they human except they don't know how you know because they're probably like it doesn't mean their responsibility isn't on them but like a lot of their pastors like the life.church they they don't even open their bibles like he he litters in a verse here and there but mostly it's a ted talk about his life right. with anecdotes right. about his life and his, it always centers on a story about him or something about you know, this happened to me and I learned this. And then, you know, here's like Jeremiah 29, 11, God always going to have good plans for your life. That's it. And so they, they, I mean, their Bibles are remain closed or they don't bring them, you know, I mean, which fine, whatever, like, but they're, they're not reading. Right. No but imagine them. if they would yeah. imagine if they would just open their Bible. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is that simple. we have, yeah. we have so many resources here. We have the internet yeah. at our fingertips with everything. so many resources if if somebody in africa Mm -hmm. with no internet can pick up a bible Mm -hmm. and learn about god with the help of the holy spirit yeah 
which that can too. <laughs> that's honestly probably why Christianity is burgeoning and growing so much in these poor countries like um you know in South Africa where I know it is it is exploding like Christianity is is the one of the dominant religions along with Islam but it is exploding there. And I guarantee they don't all have iPhones in their hand that they're you know watching people spout off um insta theology like they're literally just opening the book and reading it like yeah and like you said the holy spirit is enough and the the word of god is enough you don't need me or lauren or this podcast or anything that we say on instagram or or tiktok or anything else like you don't need any of that you just need the word of god and the holy spirit which you have if you're his and so i mean i i think it's 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 a good word it's a hard thing for people to hear probably because People just want more tools. They, they really do. They long for more resources. And mm-hmm. I, I, I've grown to kind of hate that word. Um, there was a podcast that I used to, used to listen to all the time that would always say, what resources would you recommend at the end of every single episode to the question, the person they were um, interviewing? And, and, and I've asked that question before. It's not, it's not that resources are bad, but I think that we have as believers become way too dependent on resources. And unfortunately, a lot of times those resources are the very thing drawing us away from the God that we say we want to know. Right. Because it's all watered down somebody else's, yeah, somebody else's thoughts about the Bible. Yeah. And, but that we've become so dependent on someone else. It's like the baby, baby bird me. Like Mm -hmm. I can't eat the worm. Will you chew it up and then spit it into my mouth? You know, like, no eat the worm. <laughs> like right. you're, you're getting, right. you need to be shoved out of the nest and you need to find food on your own. You can't stay in the nest forever. And, and eventually along is going to come someone who is not your mom with the worm for you that has been pre-digested and, and you know, regurgitated. It's going to, it's going to be a predator because they yep. know you're sitting in the, in the nest there and you're yep. helpless and you're waiting for the worm to be dropped in your mouth, but they're going to snatch you up and have you for lunch. Yes. It terrifies me that people ask me these questions because you're like, what if you, had I will else? try, I will try to help you, yeah. but who else are you asking these questions to? Right. Right. People who are not going to help you. People are not going to give you the right answers. Mm-hmm. You have to dig in it, dig in it for yourself and know mm-hmm. what you believe and study it. Yeah. Don't be afraid. Yeah. And, and get in, you know, if you're not in a church, like, let's just say, if you're not in a church that is teaching you how to read the word of God in context and, and being faithful to preaching through the scripture, the way we're talking about, that's a huge red flag. And you need to find a better church. You need to find a biblical church because what, what you're in, if they're not teaching the word of God and expositing scripture, doesn't mean that there's not a place about you every Sunday. Yes. It doesn't mean it's you know, there's not a place for topical sermons. I'm not against that all the time or ever, but if you're never getting that, like, let's, let's actually read more than one verse at a time and see what this passage is talking about. And, you know, if, if you're never getting that, like, there's a good chance that your church is, is really not being faithful to the word and, and it's responsibility that it's been given by God to do. Yeah. Um, that's not a good place to be because then you really are isolated. You really are in an Island and you really are subject to the things we're talking about, like postmodernism and deconstruction and, and really falling into any one of those, um, deceptions mm-hmm. and, and you're not going to really recognize it if you don't know what is true. So what are some things to look out for? Cause we were just talking about, you know, what if someone asked the wrong person? So, 
you know, a lot of the people listening probably are following some people who are maybe less than helpful um, for them to be following, whether that be on Instagram or, you know, books they're reading or whatever. Um, and I'm not against, you know, people doing their own research and, and evaluating things for themselves, of course, but speaking from experience, there was a time where I had a lot less discernment than I have now. And I was listening to podcasts, reading books by people that were actually eventually going to point me in a direction that would have taken me away from the truth and away from God, um, and historic Christianity. So do you have any suggestions or, um, you know, words of advice for people, you know, in, in understanding who should they be listening to? Who should they be trusting? Yeah. Well, number one, we have talked about it. I mean, read your Bible, read your Bible. So, you know, like I said, I'm not the smartest person in the world or the most learned theologian. I don't know everything about the Bible, mm-hmm. but right, so. I thank God for a good biblical foundation that I can recognize when something is not true. Yeah. Um, you have to have a foundation so you can say, well, I don't know. Maybe I don't know why that's not true, but mm-hmm. it's not. That's mm-hmm. not, that's not what the Bible says. So, and I'm going to find out why. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's number one. Number two, I would say probably anyone who is their own standard of thinking, like if you're your own standard of thinking and not the Bible n- and not the Bible in context, you're getting it wrong. Mm-hmm. Period. You're getting it wrong. You you are wrong all the time. We are all wrong. We're not going to get it right. We're, we're not God. God is God. The Bible is truth. We are not. Right. And left to our own devices and left to figure it out on our own. We are not going to get it right. Mm -hmm. I I, I also would want another red flag would be if somebody is constantly saying they have something new or if, um, if they're saying it differently than all those other religious people, hmm. I, I, yeah. if somebody says that, if somebody is pointing somebody else saying they're a Pharisee or all these religious people, I, I'm always like, that's a, that's a big red flag because to me, it's saying this is a part of the Bible that they don't like. Hmm. I mean, and, and it may not be, but most of the time it is, they don't like this, so they're going to change it. Mm -hmm. But all those religious people, you know, all those Christians, they get this wrong. I I have it right. I mean, that's a big, big red flag. I want to take a second to let you know about my next sponsor. And that is alongside them. Do you long for your kids to know Jesus? Are you looking for a simple and streamlined way to help you teach them about him? Let me introduce you to the Basics Catechism and the Commandment Catechism from Alongside Them. This company creates biblical resources for family discipleship. This catechism is based on a Baptist catechism and is written with simple and short answers that are easy for your little ones to repeat and remember. A scripture reference is included on each page to help you dig deeper into God's word together. This book has durable flip pages with modern designs. Uh, It's great for multiple different ages that can learn together from toddlers to parents. You can easily integrate this into your Bible time, family worship, or morning basket. 
Use the code KINDLED5 for $5 off your order of $16.50 or more. Visit their shop at etsy.com slash shop slash alongside them and follow them on Insta at alongside them. And yeah, sadly, I think what's what's very interesting about that when people say that is what they mean by religious people is they they mean they think it means like hyper religious, like the Pharisees are just so religious. They're so obsessed with their beliefs or their faith and they think their faith is is better than everybody else's. But that's not what was wrong with the Pharisees. The Pharisees, the problem with them was that they had bad theology, not that they loved God too much or were too serious about their faith. It's that their theology was flawed and, and, you know, and corrupted and they said one thing and did another. So they were hypocrites. And they added to the Bible, their own thoughts and rules. Right. So they're like, oh, that's, oh, we don't like, you know, organized religion. That's a religious spirit. And it's like, that's not what was wrong with the the Pharisees. Organized religion was not what was the problem. Like you just saying, I'm just, I reject the church. I just want Jesus, or I'm just going to follow Jesus on my own. I don't need that organized religion. Like that isn't, then, then you're not, you know, you're misunderstanding. You're, you're mixing metaphors in a sense. Like that's not what, what was actually wrong with the Pharisees. And so it's just, it's, it's, it just reveals a, a lack of understanding because they're trying to discredit the Bible with its own stories, but they're getting those stories wrong. <laughs> you know, they're getting that, what it talks about completely backwards. So yeah, it's, it's revealing in and of itself uh, when yes. people say that. Um, so has there ever been a time, Lauren, for you personally, where you found yourself, you know, like, let's just use Instagram as an example, cause that's where we met where you found yourself, you know, following someone or, or learning from someone or listening to someone that, you know, you ended up finding out really was not someone that you wanted to be learning from or, or, um, following was not the best for you to be discipled by, you know? Um, I mean, there are, there are so many people that I come across and I unfollow or I follow them and then I unfollow them. Mm-hmm. Um, I really try to be careful with who I follow because, uh, because I have a big platform and I don't want people to look at people's pages and be like, oh, well, Lauren Tomas follows them. So they must be okay mm-hmm. um, if they're not okay. Uh, so I really try to be careful. I unfollow, I unfollow people every day, honestly, yeah. <laughs> um, that don't, that say things that are just off or, you know, not right, but it happens a lot. I mean, and, mm-hmm. and some, some of these accounts out there, they have like 85 to 90% good things to say. Mm-hmm. And then they'll come out with these one or two posts and I'm like, what? Yeah that mm-mm, no that's right. totally wrong but yeah, I saw that a lot this year with um you know in regards to kind of politics and COVID like obviously a very political issue mm-hmm. and one that has been politicized and I found that you know I found myself following accounts for the politics and and not the theology and and I, I think it's, you know, I don't think it's wrong necessarily follow someone for news or information around political developments who is not a Christian in terms of just like getting the news. But when you have someone who is 
has all the the same politics as you and the right quote unquote politics, but distorted theology and and mixes those. I think it gets very dicey and um, it can be very confusing if you don't have discernment to to see the to see through that. Um, a lot of times people get sucked in by following someone who they agree or align with politically, but not realizing that person doesn't have solid theology and solid um, belief or doctrine, you know, and then they end up getting kind of proselytized by um, unbiblical ideas, things that mm-hmm. are influenced and informed by the things we're talking about, like postmodernism. And right. all of a sudden they're following someone who they voted for Trump or that they like their conservative values, but all of a sudden they're hearing that, you know, um, that uh, LGBTQ should be affirmed by the church because one reason or another, or, you know, gender identity is fluid or what, whatever you may have any number of progressive arguments today that progressive Christians would adhere to. Um, I think that that is something that I've kind of noticed. And, um, I guess I just want to sound the alarm and say, look, if you're doing that, and if you are not paying attention, um, you might end up ingesting poison. And no amount of poison is good for you to ingest. Like there's not like just a little bit is fine. You know, like that's, it's not worth the cost of admission, in my opinion, um, to be, you know, merely aligning with people politically uh, at the expense of, you know, having to hear garbage theology. I guess that's just my personal take. Right. Not every conservative Christian is a biblical Christian. Um, and I would rather follow somebody who is conservative and not a Christian, right? Than right. somebody who's conservative and a Christian has bad theology. I agree. I agree. Yeah, and I think that's a that's a really interesting point because, um, because yeah, if it's labeled Christian and it's it's wrong, if it you know it, it our guard is down. We 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 consume that information differently. It's like having you know, if you were going to buy your child a a children's book, would you rather buy them a children's book that talked about God and Jesus in a way that was unbiblical or just a children's book that didn't talk about God and Jesus talked about maybe, you know, frogs and butterflies and flowers that didn't say anything incorrect about God or Jesus, you know? Right. I mean, I know my answer. Like, I don't want to teach you the wrong thing about something so important. If we're talking about that, I want it to be the truth, you know? Right. Like if you learn something wrong about a frog, it's not going to affect you for eternity. But if you learn the wrong thing and believe the wrong thing about God and salvation, that affects your soul. Mm-hmm. And and so I just think it's really important. And, you know, at the risk of sounding like, um, you know, this uptight mom trying to police what people are following or listening to, I'm just like, I'm concerned for people that have gotten so swept up in the politics that they are not being discerning with what people are teaching. Yeah, I completely agree. It's very, very dangerous because you'll find yourself, even if you, even if you are discerning, even if you know your Bible, you'll find yourself saying, well, is that right? Is that yeah. true? Yeah. You know, oh, I'll click like on that. Right. Um, maybe I'll go study it. And then you never do. And then it becomes part of right. your belief system and it's not right. Right. Totally. Well, Lauren, any final thoughts on everything that we have been talking about before we wrap up any encouragement for people who are, um, you know, maybe this is a new topic for them. Yeah. I, like you said, I really have been burdened about this topic lately and sounding the alarm on this topic, because I don't think many people understand 
what postmodernism is and how it's how it's really infecting the church and how these you know deconstructionists on TikTok and their bad theology is very very dangerous and you know we're having so many discussions right now on social media <clears throat> and and a lot of these these progressive postmodern points get raised like yeah. you know we all have our own interpretation of the bible or um this is what i feel like this verse is saying and people <clears throat> they're not prepared because they don't know what they're talking about they, right. they're just like what right the bible is the bible is true and that's what we keep we just have to keep saying we just have yeah. to keep saying god is right and everyone else is a fool yeah god is right and everyone else is a fool I just, I always say, this is God's universe. God made this universe. So he gets to make the rules. When you mm -hmm. make your own universe, then that's yours and you can make the rules. But this one is God's <clears throat> and he is jealous for what he has made and who are his and, and his rules and his, his design and his plan. Mm -hmm. And if you don't do it right, and if you don't believe it right, and you're, you're on the, you're on the broad path. Yeah. You're not on the narrow path. Mm -hmm. And we, we have to understand the dangers of this and we have to understand, <clears throat> understand the cure, yeah. which is the gospel, mm -hmm. the gospel and God is right. Yeah. Period. And we have to just keep saying it no matter what, no matter what they're saying. Right. Yeah. You do. It's like putting the, uh, you know, the earplugs in your ears so you don't hear the siren call. <laughs> it's like the Homer's Odyssey. Um, you know, like we all, we all are without the power of God. Like we all, all are susceptible to the lies of culture. Like no one is above it. Like the flesh is, is, is still present if we're here yeah. alive on this earth and it's easy, you know, the things that they say that the things they promise, the, the lifestyle they offer, it's, it's attractive. There's a lot of things that would be so much easier if we would just stop being so uptight and so dang strict about our moral, moral standards and all of this. Like you could just be more loving and accepting and you could just, you know, um, you know, love is love and love wins like these things that sound good on the surface, but are really just rotten, rotting it at their core and will right. poison you. And, uh, yeah. and you know, God is better. Yes. God is better than all those things. When you come to, when you come to the Bible and when you come to salvation, when you come to know God, it's, it's so much better than anything the world can offer you. Yeah. And it's so much more exciting than anything the world can offer you. It's not boring. You're right. This isn't a boring life. This is what we were made for <clears throat> to be with God, to fellowship with God mm -hmm. and to learn about him is, is the most exciting thing you can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people, people, people don't realize that sadly because they're not being taught. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's, um, that's so true that like we are offered, you know, the, what's that C.S. Lewis quote? Um, you know, the, the child is, we are, we are too easily pleased. The child mm -hmm. wants to stay in the slum making mud pies because he doesn't know what is meant by a holiday at sea when it's yeah. offered. Like, 
we are just too easily pleased. Those, mm-hmm. those, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of life, those are offers of the world. Those are things that are going to be attractive to us. But if we satisfy, if we are satisfied by those things, if we are contented with that, we are set, we are being too easily satisfied because we were actually made for so much more and not in a Rachel Hollis, you're made for more productivity or, you know, um, whatever self-made success. That's not what I mean by that, but we were made to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And that starts here and now, and you can experience the joy of that in this life. You don't have to wait for heaven. Like you can experience that, that joy in a mere dimly here. And, um, and we're just, the world is, is it has things that can offer like Satan offered Jesus all that he could see the kingdoms, you know, he offered him that. And, um, Jesus said, get behind me, Satan, or no, wait, is that when he said that? No, he said, man does not live by bread alone. Um, you know, but by every mirth, every word that comes from the mouth of God. And, um, he said, get, get behind me, Satan. When Peter was like, don't, don't go to the cross. Like, yeah. um, but yeah, I mean, I just think it's, uh, you know, and, and again, whatever you are consuming more of, you're going to hear more loudly, you know, whatever you consume, you crave. And so if you are not in your Bible, you're probably not going to really want to be in your Bible. Um, So you got, you do need to pray for the obedience. Sometimes that obedience comes before you feel like it. You need to just do it. Like don't wait for the more, the more you get to know him, the more you want to know him. Right. And the more, the more, the closer you get to him, the more exciting studying the Bible becomes. Yeah. And, and there is nothing outside of him. I mean, you think you're happy. You think you're satisfied. You're not. I'll tell you right now, you're not because it's God. That's what it is. God and Jesus Christ is enough Mm -hmm. and he's all you need and he's all I need and you can have him too, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's, that's like, that's what I want to be my whole message for, you know, Instagram and even just my life. Like God is enough. God is enough. And when you come to Christianity, you get God. You don't, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what else you get. Mm -hmm. Yes, you get blessings and yes, you get rewards in heaven. And yes, you get peace and joy and satisfaction, but Mm -hmm. you get God. Yeah. And that's enough. Yeah. Perfect. I think we can end there. I don't think I can top that. (laughs) (laughs) Man, well, Lauren, where can people find you and connect with you online? I am Lauren DeMoss, D-E-M-O-S-S on Instagram, also on Twitter. And I, th- I have another, I have a couple of those other things, but I don't mm-hmm. think I, I'm very active. So that's where I'm most active Okay, are those two. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been so fun to chat with you and so glad that we have connected and I know people will be encouraged by this. So thank you. Thank you. Okay, guys, that's all I have for you today. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, if you want to hear from me Friday, join us inside Firestarters at patreon.com slash Firestarters. Otherwise, I will see you next Monday.